we need to be excellent with all of the important things in our lives. And now for Peace in the Storm, Part 6. Excellence. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today I am in the middle of a series simply entitled Peace in the Storm. And I am using every letter of the words Peace in the Storm to illustrate and to title a particular message. The first one was simply person, that in our lives sometimes there is a person that we need to conquer to get peace. He was everywhere. You need to have peace everywhere you go and through everything that you do. A was attitude. C was companionship. That makes a big difference in your peace, who you are attached to. And today's message, E, is... Excellence. Excellence. A man was driving down through the country, and as he was driving, he looked out and he saw a farmer standing in the middle of a large wheat field. So he stopped his car and he backed up, and he kept looking at the farmer. And the farmer was just standing there, just standing out in the field, just standing there, doing nothing, saying nothing, not moving, just standing out in the field. So the man said, what, what in the world is he doing? He's not a scarecrow because he would have his arms. He's just standing there. What in the world is he doing just outstanding in his field? So the man just got out of the car. He got out of the car and he hopped over the fence. He had a little plank fence there and he hopped over the fence and, and he started walking towards the man. He finally got up to the farmer and the farmer was just standing there. He said, excuse me, sir. He said, yes, sir. He said, excuse me, I'm just curious I'm noticing you just standing here. Is something about to happen? I said, no. He said, are you waiting on someone? He said, no. He said, well, would you mind if I ask exactly what are you doing just standing here? He said, I want to win the Nobel Peace Prize and the million dollars that goes along with it. So I'm like, what, what did it? So could you repeat that, please? He said, I want to win the Nobel Peace Prize. And the million dollars that goes along with it. Uh, What are you doing? Are you doing research on wheat? Have you done some genetic manipulation? Have you increased the crop yield? What have you done where you're going to win the Nobel Prize and the million dollars that goes along with it? I haven't done any of that. So how do you plan on winning the Nobel Peace Prize and the million dollars that goes along with it? He said, because I heard on the news last night That the Nobel Peace Prize is awarded to those who are outstanding in their field. (laughs) Today's message deals with excellence. Excellence. And too many of us, we want the prize. But we just outstanding in the field. And he didn't understand what the words meant. He didn't understand that you had to work, that you had to sweat, that you had to be excellent. He thought all you had to do was just stand there. And you see, peace comes with excellence. 
I was walking and I was outside of walking past a, it was actually a wing dream store. And I was walking past it and there was a man sitting there and he looked up to me and he said, as I walked past, he said, can you give a brother a hand? And I understood what he meant because I could tell that he was rather destitute. He was out begging. So I stopped, I turned around and I pulled out my wallet and I pulled out some money and I held it up and he was just sitting there. And I thought to myself, look, man, you're going to at least get up from where you're sitting to come get this. I'm not going to walk over there to you to put the money in your hand. So he finally understood it. So he got up, came over there and got the money. And some folk are like that. They're just like that man who was sitting there. They're like the man standing in the field. We want stuff brought to us without us being excellent. And there is peace in excellence. You'll find in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4, it says this. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Let me read that in the New King James Version. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Nothing has changed about that. Lazy folk want something but they don't get it because they won't be diligent. They won't be excellent. They won't pursue it. They're like that man sitting in front of the wing dream shop. He's sitting there saying, brother, can you give me a hand? And didn't even want to get up to come get what was offered to him. They're like the man standing in the field. If we want peace in life, We really need to be excellent in the area that we want that peace in. There's a slogan that goes, the area of your focus is the area of your reward. The area of your neglect is the area of your pain. And you will find just about in every case, 99% of the time, when there's pain in an area, it is an area that we have neglected. You will often find when there is reward in an area, it is an area that we have been diligent in. Where is your pain? So when you answer that question of where is your pain, you have to ask yourself the next question. Have you been diligent? Have you been excellent in that area? Because excellence simply breeds peace. We have a lot of students in here today. And one of the things that can take peace away is academic performance when you have to go in for a test. Do you know you don't have stress and strain when you prepare for that test? You're waiting on it. When you have studied and when you know the material, you are not stressed. You have peace walking into that class. Matter of fact, you're just anxious for the test because you know your stuff. Pastor James' children and Pastor C. Elijah's have very high academic performance. And yesterday, Minister Stephanie was just reading off, I think it was the grades of Genesis, and she had like a 104, 101, 102, 103. I can tell you, when she walks into the class for a test day, she's not stressed. Now, she might be stressed studying, but she's not stressed when she goes in to take the test because she has prepared. We got an email from George's school. George is in, he's taking college classes, even though he's in high school. And we got an email saying that he had gotten the presidential award because he had a 4.0 average in his college classes. Now, nobody has to tell me 
He was excellent and he spent some diligent time working and preparing on it. No one has to tell me when I see grades of 102 and 103 and 104 that somebody has been excellent with that. And also, nobody has to tell me when I see a 50 that somebody didn't study. The area of your focus will be the area of your reward and the area of your neglect will be the area of your pain. Where is your pain? And have you been diligent in that area? It just makes a difference. I see it in every single arena and every area of life. In those four big areas of spiritual, have you been excellent in your spiritual life? Are you spending your time in prayer? Are you spending your time studying the word? Usually when you find folk all tore up, all emotional, all, you ask them, how much time are you spending with God? They're not spending much time with God preparing their spirits because you know, the seasons will change. And when you get into a cold and when you get into a rough season, how well you can handle that depends upon how you have trained and conditioned your spirit. And if your spirit is in good shape, all kind of stuff can come against you. And you stay just as peaceful. You stay just as happy. You can have peace in that storm. No matter what the area, physical is the same way. Usually when folk be sick, they have not taken excellent care of their bodies. It's just as simple as that. That old King James Version, when it talks about that verse of a slothful man, doesn't get what he desires, but a diligent person is made fat. It's actually talking about literally made fat. Because in the old days, fat was a symbol of prosperity. When you were fat, it meant you had more than enough to eat. So only the rich folk were fat. The poor folk were skinny. Now, it's reversed now. You go into the poor neighborhoods, they're overweight. You go into rich neighborhoods, they're slim down. Because all of the bad food is in there. But that's a whole different subject. But actually, when you are diligent, it makes a difference in your body. When you are diligent, it makes a difference in your relationship. You go look at any busted up relationship, I can guarantee you both parties were not excellent in that relationship. Look at your money. When your money is in a mess, I can guarantee you there was not excellence. And when you have excellent in those areas, there's a peace because now you're not worried about what's coming. You know you're able to handle whatever life sends at you. And I talked about the young people, and we've got two of the young people sitting here right now. There's Joseph and there's George. And actually, we're so thankful to have them because in our companies, we're getting on up in age. And not only are we up in age, we still have a lot of energy. We still work hard. But a lot of times, we're not tuned into a lot of the modern stuff. So Joseph is now... In our company, he is head of digital marketing. And George is the editor of the newsletter that we're going to be releasing very soon at HealQuick.News. And every Monday, we meet to go over the progress and the plans of the digital marketing campaign. And this past Monday was a federal holiday. All the business is closed. And I said, we're probably not going to meet today because we meet electronically over Zoom I said, we're probably not going to meet today because today is a federal holiday and nobody's working today. I said, but I'm president of the company. I'm going to be on there just in case because these young folks, they're not going to be there. They're not going to be there. I tuned into the call about three minutes early. George was there. Then at the exact time of the call to begin, Joseph came on the line. Nobody else in both companies working. 
And I would have assumed that they wouldn't have come on the call because it's a holiday and everybody resting on a holiday. Both of them were there. And I saw from that, these boys going to be excellent with this thing because they're going beyond when everybody else sleeping, relaxing and stuffed and full and watching TV and playing video games. They're here on a day that everybody else is off. It is no accident when you see success. It is no accident when you see peace. That thing is often the result. Someone has done something beyond the norm and they have gone beyond what they were even required to do. I'm reading the book now called Grit. And as I was reading Grit, they talked about Jeff Bezos, who has perhaps one of the most successful companies in the world And he is the second wealthiest man behind Elon Musk right now. But I want you to just hear what Bezos' mother said about him. Now, I recorded this from the book, but I had to slow the book down. I told you that I was out walking one day with George, and I was encouraging him to read a book that I had just finished. And George said he'll finish that book. I told him it took me 16 hours. He says, it's not going to take me 16 hours because I listen to my books at double speed. And from that point on, it caused me to speed up my books. So I'm actually listening to grit at one and a half times speed. But when I went to record the clip, I said, wait a minute, this thing sounds like taking a tape and speeding it up. The folk not even going to be able to understand it. So I had to slow it down to normal speed. But what happened when I slowed it to normal speed, it sounded like the lady was talking in slow motion to me. Because I had gotten used to listening faster. So, and then Pastor James is saying, yep, because when he heard me talk about it, he's now sped up his books to one and a half speed. Who you are around makes a difference. And he said, when he slowed his back up to normal, it sounded like they're talking in slow motion. So, A.V., I want you to play this clip from the book to me and to Pastor James. It's going to sound like it's slow motion because we listen now much faster. But I want you to hear what She said about Jeff Bezos and how he was coming up. And I want you to think in your mind the quality of excellence. What about Jeff Bezos? Jeff's unusually interest-filled childhood has a lot to do with his unusually curious mother, Jackie. Jeff came into the world two weeks after Jackie turned 17 years old. So, she told me, I didn't have a lot of preconceived notions about what I was supposed to do. She remembers being deeply intrigued by Jeff and his younger brother and sister. I was just so curious about these little creatures and who they were and what they were going to do. I paid attention to what interested each one. They were all different and followed their lead. I felt it was my responsibility to let them do deep dives into what they enjoyed. For instance, at three, Jeff asked multiple times to sleep in a big bed. Jackie explained that eventually he would sleep in a big bed, but not yet. She walked into his room the next day and found him, screwdriver in hand, disassembling his crib. Jackie didn't scold him. Instead, she sat on the floor and helped. Jeff slept in a big bed that night. By middle school, he was inventing all sorts of mechanical contraptions, including an alarm on his bedroom door that made a loud buzzing sound whenever one of his siblings trespassed across the threshold. We made so many trips to Radio Shack, Jackie said, laughing. Sometimes we'd go back four times in a day because we needed another component. 
Once he took string and tied all the handles of the kitchen cupboards together, and then when you opened one, all of them would pop open. I tried to picture myself in these situations. I tried to picture not freaking out. I tried to imagine doing what Jackie did, which was to notice that her oldest son was blooming into a world-class problem solver and then merrily nurture that interest. My moniker at the house was Captain of Chaos, Jackie told me, and that's because just about anything that you wanted to do would be acceptable in some fashion. Jackie remembers that when Jeff decided to build an infinity cube, essentially a motorized set of mirrors that reflect one another's images back and forth ad infinitum, she was sitting on the sidewalk with a friend. Jeff comes up to us and is telling us all the science behind it, and I listen and nod my head and ask a question every once in a while. After he walked away, my friend asked if I understood everything, and I said, it's not important that I understand everything. It's important that I listen. By high school, Jeff had turned the family garage into a laboratory for inventing and experimentation. One day, Jackie got a call from Jeff's high school, saying he was skipping classes after lunch. When he got home, she asked him where he'd been going in the afternoons. Jeff told her he'd found a local professor who was letting him experiment with airplane wings and friction and drag. And, okay, Jackie interrupted, I got it. Now let's see if we can negotiate a legal way to do that. In college, Jeff majored in computer science and electrical engineering, and after graduating, applied his programming skills to the management of investment funds. Several years later, Jeff built an internet bookstore named after the longest river in the world, Amazon.com. He also registered the URL www.relentless.com. Type it into your browser and see where it takes you. Now that's Jeff Bezos. He was focused and he was diligent. He was skipping school to go learn from an aerospace engineer about drag and aerodynamics. So it's no surprise that he now heads Blue Horizon, which is the rocket ship company that's right behind Elon Musk's company. It's no accident he's going out into space. But he was excellent in the arenas of study, of business, of building a company. Now, he just busted up with his wife. And I can guarantee you, they were not excellent with each other in that arena. So sometimes in life, you've got multiple areas, and it's a job keeping all of those areas in balance. And you can get out of balance focusing on one and not handling the other. So you focus on your money, then your relationship go to pot. You focus on this, and then your health go to pot. You focus on this, and you lose your soul. So it is a job focusing and keeping all of those things in balance. But we need to be excellent with all of the important things in our lives. And when we are excellent, there is a peace that comes. There's a peace that comes with you in every single one of those areas when you are excellent. Proverbs 10, 4, it says, it's he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. And it's not just money, it's all of the stuff. Whatever you are diligent in, in that area, you become rich in that area. If you're diligent in your spirit, your spirit becomes rich. If you're diligent in your relationship, your relationship becomes rich. If you're diligent with your health, your body becomes vibrant and healthy. If you're diligent in your money and your business, your business becomes rich. All of those areas, your area of your focus is your area of your reward and your area of your neglect is the area of your pain. If you want peace... 
You need to be excellent. When you go through the Bible, God chose people who were excellent. And he wanted excellent because he knew that's what was necessary to take his kingdom to another level. And I see these young people and I, I look and I see the excellence and the levels of which they are going to. And I have to talk with my boys. Keep all this stuff in balance. Yeah, I know your business is doing well, you know, but keep this stuff in balance. Make sure you take care of this and this and this because it's easy to get one of them out of whack. Keep this stuff in balance and be excellent in all of the things of your life that are important. And God even spoke to me the other day. He said, what level would you be on if you were just obedient? It's a question that I asked you in the last message. What would you be if you did everything God told you to do? What would you be? And I still struggle. I said, Pastor, you're not obedient. I'm not 100 percent. I'm working on that thing. And we have our study once a week with the boys. And the last study, my son, Nate, he brought out a passage that he had been studying. And it was called, it's easier to be 100 percent. And the whole premise of it was that a lot of people, they, they're partial, but they don't give 100 percent. And he gave the example, it's like a man who said he was going to cut down on how much fast food he was eating. And that meant every time he went or drove past a fast food restaurant, he had to wrestle with himself. Does he pull in there today or not? He said, but once he gave himself 100 percent and he went from I'm going to cut down on fast food to he went to the point where he says, I'm not eating any fast food. It took away all of the stress of struggling with that mediocrity. So now he just drives past all because he's not going to eat any of the fast food. I have to get to the point where I make up my mind and I snap and I say, I'm going to do everything God tells me to do to the letter. Because right now I'm working on trying to get by 90 percent. I figure that's pretty good. But suppose I focused on hitting 100 percent. God says, what level would you be at if you were 100 percent obedient? And I can tell you there's a peace that comes when you when you're in the will of God and when you're doing what God had told you to do. That's just a peace. But it requires excellence. You can't have do it. You can't 50 percent, 60 percent, 70 percent, 80 percent. You can't have do it. You need that 104. And you will have a peace that you could not even imagine. And as I asked you on point last week and as God had to ask me again two days ago. What level would you be at if you were obedient? And I don't know what has been held back from me because I still have slackness and I still have things that God has told me to do that I have not done or have done. God needs excellence because you need excellence in your life to be where God wants you to be. We're all headed towards another level. I do believe that. I declare that, but we have to move to another level in our performance in all of those four major areas of life. And with that, there's a peace with that. That's why I never was worried about COVID. Y'all never seen me worried about COVID. I was never worried about COVID because I kept my body in pretty excellent shape in terms of my immune system. I wasn't worried about it. When you are in excellence, there's a peace that comes with that excellence. So where would you be? If you did everything God told you to do. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to the entire series of Peace in the Storm or send it to a friend absolutely free. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because brother, you need the word.
Amen. I'm going to ask Pastor James to close us out for today. Amen. Let's get past another hand for that excellent message, actually. Amen. Amen. And I think that was something in that for all of us today, because all of us have areas in our lives that we need to strive and do better in to get to that excellence. And this message was very personal to me because um, as the generation before us, my father would have three things of God first, family second, and business third. And, and I took his example and added on to that for my household, three things. So they have the original three and then they have excellence as one of ours and then discipline and wisdom. So before my first child was ever born, we had it posted up, those three things that they would add on to the prior generation and they would exhibit in their lives. So I thank Pastor for this message. So you first have to have a goal of excellence. How are you ever going to be excellent if you don't ever strive for it? So I thank my kids for continuing the vision of the father and mother and exhibiting that excellence. This message is something we all need to listen to again. There are some area that we're not excellent in that we need to improve in. I'm going to ask Genesis to come and close us out today since Pastor talked about her. And uh, she has definitely demonstrated excellence in multiple areas of her life. And just so proud of her. And she is just to show you her level of excellence. So since kindergarten, she's a senior now in high school. She has never made a B. <laughs> so I never made a B. <clears throat> So as a tenure in high school, her overall GPA is above a 101 for all semesters across high school. So she's truly demonstrated excellence. And it's not something that she's just gifted to just remember things or just to do math quick. But her talent is in her discipline. So she spends the time to learn the concepts and to make sure she's completed everything in excellence. So she's probably spent more time than anybody in her school (laughs) going over the material, and we see how much time she spends. And not only does she have over 101, but out of 500 and something students in her grade, she had the absolute highest SAT score, and it's the star student, so... But again, she didn't just sit down and take a test. About how many hours did you spend practicing? She said probably 65 hours that she spent. Never had a tutor, but she sat and spent over 65 hours just studying for the SAT. And you see the results. So she's a demonstration of excellence. And I think it's a great one to close us out today. Amen. Just stand to your feet Before I begin my prayer, I just want to give a small explanation of what I'm about to pray for. So there is a very famous quote that says, to know and not to do is not to know yet. So I want to pray on whether it is a area of business, of education, or spirituality that you 
learn to know or that God strengthens you to do. Dear Heavenly Father, your presence is where we belong first and foremost. Help us to walk with you every single day in your presence. Whether we understand, I pray that you give us the strength to act in every way that you have outlined in your Bible, every way that you have outlined, and just the demonstration of those who exemplify your light, of just the principles that you are teaching us day after day. And I pray, Lord, whether this person has the opportunity, has the resources in front of them, that you give them every piece of hope, every piece of faith in you, and every piece of dedication and determination to actually go through with what you are promising them or with what they are asking from you, to put in the discipline, to put in the hard work, and at the end of the day, to do it all for your glory and not their own. That way they are satisfied because they know no matter what, they have a reward in heaven. That way Satan cannot tempt them in any other way because no matter what, they have a reward in their God. Lord, help us to do this in every area, not just education, not just work, but in your spirit, God. As we love and as we live in your spirit, as we separate and isolate and come back to you, God, I just pray you are there. Lord, there's a lesson for every single thing. And lastly, I just want to pray for the knowing part, that whether we understand it or not, that we act, but just for us to know, just for us to be wise in the areas you ask of us, I pray we do not turn away any conduit you want to use. If there's a person we don't like, let us hear the truth that you've placed in them. If there's a situation that we don't approve of, let us come with gratitude so we can see where you are trying to work, where you are trying to grow our patience, where you are trying to build, God. At the end of the day, it's all about trusting you. It's all about knowing you are a God who rewards. So I pray we come back, that we place spirit above anything else. But at whatever we choose, we know all of our strength comes from you. And so we just bring it back to you to glorify you and to get strengthened by you, to be amplified. And I just say thank you that you are that type of God. No matter how many times I fall and fail, you will always be that type of God and that will always be my peace. I love you. I appreciate you. I respect you, Lord. And it is in your son's name that I pray a thank you. Amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part six of the message titled Peace in the Storm, subtitled Excellence by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5944. That's 5944 to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5944 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brother, you need the word.